Music. Music. Copyright notice. The contents of this podcast, including intro music, are copyright Phantom Femme. The podcast artwork is copyright Isabeau of WAGproductions.org. labyrinth, justice from the heart of the Phantom of the Opera. Hello everyone, and welcome back at long, long, long last to In This Labyrinth. Resume recording. I know it's been a really, really long time, even longer than my previous hiatuses, so I guess maybe I might as well kind of say welcome back to another reboot of the podcast. I didn't intend it that way. I wasn't uh, planning on a hiatus that long and essentially a sort of a second or third reboot, but yeah, I guess it kind of amounts to that. So, Welcome back, everybody, and thank everybody hugely who's hung in with the podcast while it's been on such a long hiatus and kept listening, and thank hugely to new listeners who've even joined while it was on hiatus. Uh, thank you guys all for sort of keeping it alive in abs- in my absentia. That's really awesome of everybody, and I hugely appreciate it, and I'm, I'm really glad to hear and see um, the fact that there have been new listeners while things have been down for a while. That That's that's awesome and heartening. Resume recording. And, of course, huge thanks to all my awesome longtime listeners who've hung in and waited patiently for all this time for things to sort of get back up and going. Resume recording. So, my original plan had been to come back with a full, fairly weighty episode and talk about Love Never Dies. Resume recording. And I do still plan to do that full episode where I talk about L&D at some point. But that's not going to be this episode, because to be perfectly honest, I just don't have my shit together for that. Resume recording. So, I thought instead, I would do a probably shorter, less weighty episode, and just fill you guys all in on sort of what I've been up to, what's been going on while the podcast has been on such a long, darned hiatus, 
this time. Because some of it's been just life being life, like, really needing to focus on finally getting my dissertation proposal finished, which I did, and getting it submitted and approved, which I did, so now I'm finally into my dissertation, and some of it's just been coping with <laughs> what my friend delightfully calls the pestilence and lockdown and all that, and yeah, I think we all know, you know, what a, a mind screw that can be. And then, you know, the usual end-of-term craziness of getting all my students' final grades done and added up and submitted, which actually ended up being easier this year, but it was, excuse me, it was with a system I'd never used before, so that, yeah, that took a bit of, uh, that took up a bit of my bandwidth right around, basically through the end of March and half of April. Uh, <laughs> and then, just as I was about to get my shit together to get the podcast up and going and everything, I ended up moving halfway across the province. Um, like, I had suspected that that might be something that might happen at some point, again, because, well, no, the last big move was only across the city, not across the province. But, you know, it's something Mom and I had been talking about that might happen for quite some time, because the city where we were living was getting just ridiculously unaffordable. Excuse me. So, like, it was always a possibility. But then the actual new place and the actual opportunity to move to someplace much more affordable but halfway across the province... Yeah, came up really suddenly, so <laughs> May and June were kind of a mad whirlwind of packing and arranging and unpacking and resetting everything up and finding everything, and I had no idea two little people could use so much bubble wrap. Wow. Um, yeah, so that kind of delayed getting the shit together to get the podcast back up and going as well. But in addition to all that sort of life-being-life life stuff, I've also started a couple of new projects, because what do you do when you're insanely busy? You take on even more projects, right? Yeah, I know. But I have uh, started a couple of new projects that I thought I'd take this sort of reboot episode to just share with you all out there because they're kind of related to what I do here on the show. So I thought folks who listen to this, who listened in this labyrinth, might be interested. Resume recording. I hope so anyway, because I'm really excited about them. But before I get into that, though... I wanted to say a word, or probably a lot of words, about the reopening of the London Phantom. Resume recording. Because, as we all know, it has, the London production has opened back up, for which I think we're all very glad. Um, 
it was originally supposed to open back up on July 5th, but actually it only just opened up a couple of days ago. And of course, that's wonderful because I think it really broke all of our hearts. It certainly broke mine when they had to close Phantom down last year that I don't think I've ever felt such a shock. Well, probably I have, but not in a very long time. That was just horrible. Um, so we're all, you know, of course, very glad that it's back opened up. But as every fan who's been on social media has probably um, heard, apparently it's opened back up with some changes. And that, well... Resume recording. Well, I don't want to comment directly on the changes that have been made. Well, yes, I do on the reduction of the size of the orchestra, because that's just... That's so clearly a cost-saving measure, and it's so unfair to the workers, to the musicians, that, yeah, that's just bad. But apparently there have also been changes to um, the set and the design, and I don't want to comment on that directly because I haven't yet heard um, or had the opportunity to have someone describe to me um, sort of an in-depth impression or an in-depth, uh, oh dear, as my friend would say, words, bad. Yeah, I haven't read an in-depth listing of the changes that have been made to the set and design or had an opportunity to have someone describe them to me in detail, so I don't really want to comment on them directly because I don't really know. Um, the controversy is, controversy is raging on Twitter. I've seen some people tweeting who, and I imagine on other social media too, I have seen some people tweeting who say they're really good, but I've also seen a lot of posts on Twitter and Facebook from people saying, you know, this is not the brilliant original. These changes are reductions to the quality of what was the brilliant original. So, yeah, there's a lot of controversy going on about that uh, on social media right now. And as I said, I don't want to sort of venture an opinion directly because I don't really feel like I have enough information yet to really render an opinion. Um, I hope I will have a chance to get a more in-depth sense of what the specific changes are. I've heard rumors and tweets and things, but I'm hoping I'll have a chance to get a more in-depth sense of what the changes are. And as an aside, I have to say that that is partly what held up getting the podcast back up and going as well, because to be honest... I found the thought of changes to the original London production frankly demoralizing on top of COVID and lockdown and everything else. 
Resume recording. Because, let me be clear, <laughs> in spite of what it might sometimes sound like on here, I'm not inherently against non-replica productions. But A, you know, when you're making changes to those sets and staging and design, you have to do it. I feel like you have to do it. No, never mind. I feel like I'll just, you know, straight up state as a academic opinion. You have to do it with great care. Resume recording. Because as I hope I showed as I hope I demonstrated and explained well in my episodes on the 2004 film and on the Lawrence Connor production, if you don't take great care when making changes to the staging and set design, it's really easy to make changes that really alter the meaning and message of the show, and sometimes in some very, very problematic ways. Um, as I hope I showed in those two episodes. So, yeah, while I'm not inherently against non-replica productions, I'm skeptical of them because of what I've seen, heard, etc., with the 2004 film and the, and especially the Lawrence Connor production. Like, it, so any idea of making changes frankly raises red flags for me because I've seen it and because of some of the productions I've seen on YouTube yeah um yeah the thought of anyone making changes to the to the brilliant original raises red flags for me because I've seen it done badly <laughs> so many times now resume recording so it's given me a healthy skepticism I guess I would say but then B, okay, it's one thing for other productions to be non-replica, but this is the London production. This is the flagship production in its original home at Her Majesty's Theatre. And, you know, I feel, and I get the sense from social media that a lot of other fans feel that the flagship production in its original home should not be a non-replica production. That it should be the brilliant original. Resume recording. And so, yeah, for both of those reasons, I found it rather disheartening and, as I said, honestly demoralizing to hear that ALW and Andrew Lloyd Webber and Cameron McIntosh were planning on making significant changes to, you know, to the, to the London production. Um, enough so that that honestly was part of what held up getting the podcast back up and going. And I suspect that I'm not alone in that. I suspect I'm not the only fan out there who's found that. Um, but that said, I want to... Resume recording. I want to suggest that it's still worth taking action on that, just because the show has reopened with the with the changes. Um, 
you know, I think it's still worth, you know, writing to Cameron McIntosh, writing to ALW, um, writing op-eds, letters to the editor, letters to the media, etc. Regardless of where you fall um, on the spectrum of opinion about it, um, you know, if you've seen the show, if you liked the changes, write Cameron McIntosh, write letters to the media and tell them that. If you've seen the show and you didn't like the changes, um, and really, don't just say you didn't like them, really try to analyze why. Why didn't they work? What was wrong with them? Um, not only the disrespect to, which is a lot of what I've seen voiced on Twitter, concerned for the disrespect to the legacy of Hal Prince and Maria Bjornsson, but in terms of the show itself, why don't you like them? Why don't the changes work if you feel that they don't? Also, if you didn't go see the show, if you if you chose not to, um, it's also really important to write Cameron McIntosh and write the media. Sorry, I've got the window open and my new place is right by the main street of town, which is also a major highway, so that's why you're hearing traffic going by. But yeah, if you didn't see the show, if you refused to go see the show with the changes, um, I think it's also really important to write to Cameron McIntosh and Lloyd Webber and to the lo your local media, especially if you live in the UK, especially if you live in London, and tell them why, because... Otherwise, they'll just assume it's people still being concerned about COVID. And yes, that may be a thing, too. Um, you know, and if that is your reason for not going, yeah, it's definitely worth, you know, writing that in. But also, if you refuse to go because of the changes, um, I think it's worth really... Um, you know, writing in, calling in, tweeting in, tweeting at, um, uh, it's, uh, I always, I always get this wrong. It's at, of, at official ALW, not at ALW official, which I always get backwards, but yeah, it's at official ALW and at capital C-A-M, capital M-A-C-K-L-T-D, um, at CAMAC Limited. Yeah, write, write to them, write to the media, tweet at them, um, and let them know that your reason for going is because of the changes. Because I think, like, I think that feedback is really important for them to hear. Um, obviously, who knows whether they will ultimately listen to it or not, but I still think it's really, um, I still think it's really important for them to have. Resume recording. So, that all said, um, let me now, uh, share with you guys some of the projects that I've been, that I've gotten up and going, the new projects that I've gotten up and going, uh, while, all that life stuff's been going on and the podcast has been on hiatus. Resume recording. And first and foremost, of course, is my dissertation itself. I, I have, I know I have alluded 
in the past here on the show to my doctor work. I haven't talked about it a great deal, um, except for how busy it keeps me and how that sometimes leads to podcast hiatuses, which it probably will again, because obviously I have to make it my first priority, and that can cause things to get scrambled sometimes. But yeah, first and foremost is my dissertation itself, because thanks to an amazing thanks to some amazing serendipity in having landed an amazingly supportive department and an amazingly supportive supervisor and committee, I actually have the joy and delight of kind of fulfilling a long-time dream of being able to do my doctoral thesis. Um, Because, as I mentioned earlier, I finally got through my comps, got to my dissertation proposal, got it done, and got it submitted and approved. Um, Better late than never. Um, Yeah, I have the sheer privilege and delight of actually being able to do my doctoral dissertation on Phantom, on P.O.T.O. Resume recording. I cannot tell you, although I imagine many of you can well imagine, just how much that delights me, and in my more evil moments, how I'd love to wave that under the noses of certain um, guidance counselors who shall be nameless from back in high school. Resume recording. And so, in my dissertation, I'm going to be looking at Phantom using the kind of analysis that I do here on this podcast, so intersectional but disability-centered or disability-centered and opening out into other kinds of intersectionality, intersectional intersectional analysis. Eh, sorry, grammar, word repetition, oh boy. Uh I can pause recording, just as an aside, I can pause, I'm using my Zoom to do this podcast again, because my GarageBand is still being weird, Um, and so I can pause recording, but I can't go back and erase and re-record, which is really a pain in the butt, so if things aren't quite as polished and smooth as any of us would like them to be, yeah, that's why. Resume recording. But yeah, um, I'll be looking at Phantom through, as I said, the kind of analysis that I do here on this podcast, and also the kind that I've started doing in the next uh, couple of projects I'll be talking about. That's sort of half of my dissertation, and then the other half is sort of going to be diving into the wonderful world of dramaturgy, which is basically a fancy word for sort of theatrical analysis. That's a bit of an oversimplification, but um, it, it's sort of the, the research and analysis that can be used to support directors and designers. Well, dramaturgs can also... You might have heard of dramaturgy in the context of like helping scripts be developed, but there's also a kind of dramaturgy that's kind of um, quasi-academic research that's used to support a 
you know, a director's and design team's development of a vision for a show. Um, and so, yeah, the other half of my dissertation is going to be diving into the wonderful world of that kind of dramaturgy to kind of try to develop a method and a sort of set of guidelines and resources, for lack of a better way to put it, um, for trying to bring the kind of analysis that I do here on the podcast and in the other couple of projects I'm going to be mentioning to the show, to actual production of the show. Resume recording. There's obviously more to it than that, but that's really the basics of it. And honestly, it's partially partially my response to the Lawrence Connor production. Excuse me. Excuse me. It's partly my response to the 2004 film, as well as the Lawrence Connor production. And as I was saying before when talking about excuse me again, the reopened London production, like all the times I've seen changes to the original concept of the show done badly. And so, you know, looking at what I was suggesting people write in about before, what are the original components of the show? Why do they work? Why are they so powerful? What? Why are they so powerful? What is it they actually sort of do um, symbolically, mythologically, um, referentially, etc.? And then, yeah, trying to sort of, um, yeah, provide some resources and guidelines, um, both for replica productions, sort of, and for, okay, if you want to do a non-replica production, how to do it right basically, how to do it in ways that honor the spirit of the original and that don't accidentally or inadvertently or thoughtlessly or carelessly, um, you know, take the show in really problematic directions, as I argue the Lawrence Connor production did, and as I've seen in some other uh, productions that I've seen on YouTube as well. So, obviously, you know, it's going to take me at least a year to get my dissertation done, um, and I don't, I'm obviously sort of hoping to publish it in book form and in various other kinds of forms after, you know, beyond that, but once I get it done, I don't quite know sort of how it's going to take on life from there. But that's sort of really, that's what I hope to, that's the analysis I'm hoping to do. Well, that's the analysis I'm planning to do in it and, and sort of what I hope to do with it. Resume recording. So needless to say, I am incredibly excited about that. And then the second new project, not necessarily in order of appearance, it should be said, um, that I've gotten up and going 
is um, I've started a zine. Resume recording. It's a new thing for me. I've never done a zine before, and honestly, for a long time, I felt kind of shut out of zine culture because it all, like, my impression of it was that it was all about photography and, like, photo clippings and all that stuff, and so it just seemed too visual. Um, but then I was inspired by an amazing zine that a colleague of mine, Clementine Morgan, writes um, called Fucking Magic. Um, if you're over 18 and therefore able to read explicit stuff, I cannot recommend highly enough checking it out. Um, because it's it's uh, what's called a perzine, personal zine, that really chronicles her journey of survivorhood and magic and political awakening and feminism and all that awesome stuff. Um, and it's just amazingly written. She's a... Gee, they are an amazingly powerful writer. And so it really inspired me to try to do the same thing um, with my own journey with Phantom. Um, actually got issue one written last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, got it written last year, but then, what can I say? Figuring out how to get it actually sort of formatted and up online in both e-text form and also in a form where sort of print-on-demand, where people could actually buy hard copies uh, without my having to do the sort of traditional DIY zine thing of, like, printing out pages and, you know, folding them and stapling together, because, like, that is not going to work. A, I don't have the time and energy, and B, uh, once they're printed off, I can't read them, so I'm just as likely to actually get pages upside down and backwards. <laughs> so I, you know, I wanted a print-on-demand service that would do, take care of that stuff for me. Um, and so, yeah, it took a while to get all that crap figured out. That was a bit of a learning curve. Um, but I did, and so issue one is now up online. Um, and it's up on Lulu Press, and so I will put the link to my Lulu Press page uh, in the show notes where you can all go check it out. Um, it's been up for a while, but um, I'm also now having an official launch event for it um, on the 10th of August at uh, from 6 to 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., although it might go over time, and obviously that is happening on Zoom for both geographical and pandemic reasons. Excuse me again. Oh, excuse me again. Um, yeah, and I will put the link to the, uh, the the Eventbrite link for the for the launch event uh, in the show notes as well. Resume recording. Um, it is pay what you can. Um, so 
because I wanted to, I, I did want to hopefully make some money from the launch event, but I also wanted to keep it as financially as accessible as humanly possible. Um, and just to be not totally audacious about that, um, half the proceeds are going to go toward, um, I'm thinking now possibly the Disability Justice Network of Ontario, but anyway, some organization doing work on disability justice, because that's very much in line with the values of the zine. Um, and I've got a couple of uh, wonderful volunteers set up to read excerpts from it, at the launch event. Um, so yeah, I as I said, I will put the Eventbrite link for the launch event in the show notes as well as my Lulu Press page link. And uh, yeah, hopefully... Um... Now, I should say, I... I feel audacious saying, and hopefully folks will show up. I find I, <laughs> I'm always embarrassed to say that because I sound like I'm like whining or wheedling or pleading with people to come. But I really hope folks do because, um, yeah, as I said, I've got volunteers set up to read excerpts, and I think it's going to be a really fun, um, exciting event. Resume recording. And as I alluded to earlier, the zine, it's, the overall zine is called In One Combined, as in, your spirit and my voice in one combined. Um, and issue one specifically is called Creature of Darkness. Um, anyway, as I think I alluded to earlier, like, it does overlap somewhat with what I do here on the podcast in that in the zine as well I look at and sort of share an understanding of phantom through sort of disability centered intersectionality um but the zine's much more autobiographical or autoethnographical so like starting with my own life, but looking at it in its historical and cultural context. It, it's, it really kind of grew out of doing that in a lot of my, in my uh, comps for my PhD, um, and finding that I could do that in some ways more effectively, um, or effectively in different ways in the zine. So, yeah, it's much more, um, because I don't, I do a lot of I present a lot of analysis of various aspects of Phantom and its history and social context and all that here on the podcast, but I try not to sort of get sidetracked in. Well, not, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't get very autobiographical here. I, I try to keep it to um, analysis of um, analysis of phantom, analysis of the of the historical context, because you know that it feels a little bit sort of digressional and tangential to get really into sort of 
too much autobiographical stuff here on the show, but in the zine, I do. I I look at that. Um, I look at um, you know that disability-centered intersectional understanding of Phantom in the context of how I came to really understand Phantom that way through my own, um, through sort of critically reflecting back on my own life experience. But that being said, like, uh, don't worry, it's not academically written. It's, it's a, it's a zine, so it's not academically written, but, um, it does, yeah, it, it does, um, sort of critically, autoethnographically reflect back on how I came to understand and view and view Phantom the way I do. So in that way, um, it's much more personal and uh, personal and uh, autobiographical, autoethnographical than what I do here on the show. So it's similar, but hopefully it'll give a kind of a different perspective uh, than what I do here. Resume recording. And, uh, whoops, sorry for the giant pause there. As I said, I, uh, I can pause the recording. I mean, when I say the giant pause there, the giant bit of dead air silence there. Um, because as I mentioned earlier, I can pause the recording, but I can't go back and erase and re-record. So, oops, if my brain fries out and I lose words in the middle of a sentence and I don't catch it in time with the pause button, um, yeah, then you get giant gaps like that. Sorry about that. That was just me hunting for words. Resume recording. So, last but not least, then... The other new project I've uh, gotten up and going over the last little while is my YouTube channel. And yes, I will put a link to it in the show notes as well. There are going to be a lot of links in the show notes. Um, It's uh, called Spirit and Voice. Yes, based on the same line from the title song in Phantom. Resume recording. And... I do two main things there, um, which, again, as I alluded to earlier, have some uh, overlap or relationship to what I do here on the podcast, um, but are not identical with it, obviously. The first is that that is where I'm finally starting to share my music. As um, I think I've mentioned on the show before, I am a musician, I am a singer, but frankly, it's been hard for me to do that because of uh, access barriers. Bluntly, I, I'm I'm not always very mobile, so it's you know hard to get out and gig and do open mic nights and stuff. But I've still really been looking for a long time for a venue um, to put my music out there. Um, And I don't know why it didn't occur to me ages before it finally did to finally do so online. I think I finally saw, especially this past year, like other musicians, um, you know, sharing short clips of their stuff online and went, wow, yeah, I could do that too. Why didn't I think of that? Duh. Um, 
it still took a bit of, um, because of, like, screen reader fun, it still took a while to figure out even how to do that accessibly, but I eventually did, and yeah, the result was my YouTube channel, Spirited Voice. Um, right now, um, posting there is frankly almost as, as it's as sporadic as my updating uh, this or my website or any of my other stuff. Like, um, not posting on it on anything like a regular schedule. It's mostly just whenever, whenever I have time and energy, um, which isn't nearly as often as I would like. Um, and musically, what I'm sharing on it right now is mostly covers of various of my favorite songs, at least the ones that I'm able to play so far. Um, but I do hope to share some of my original songs there, too, at some point, um, when I have the bandwidth to do that. Resume recording. But the other main thing I do there is to talk about how Phantom informs and is part of my spirituality and my spiritual practices. Um... Here on this podcast, I tend to keep spirituality out of it because I want what I talk about here to be, again, as broadly accessible as possible, regardless of whatever beliefs or not listeners may have, um, you know. Uh, and so I tend to keep it to fairly, um, I guess I would say, academic, quasi-academic analysis, you know, political analysis, historical analysis, that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, what I don't talk about here often is that, really, since I first became a fan, although it took me a long time to sort of articulate how and what and why and all that, um, yeah, Phantom has very much informed and been a part of my spiritual practice. And that's something I've really wanted for a long time to find a venue to share as well. So I do that on my YouTube channel in addition to sharing my music, uh, partly because they're very much interrelated. Like, Phantom deeply informs and is part of my spirituality, but of course so is music, um, and sort of the way that connects to Phantom is probably fairly guessable. So yeah, I decided to sort of combine those two things, uh, sharing my music and sharing the role that Phantom plays in my spiritual life, um, and share them both on the one uh, YouTube channel. Resume recording. And, as I said, I'll pop a link to it in the show notes as well, so that folks can check it out if you're interested. Resume recording. Oh, and did I say lastly before when I introduced my YouTube channel? Oh my goodness, no, that's not last. How could I forget?
Resume recording. The other, the third new project that I've started recently, uh, those of you who have hung in listening to the podcast or new listeners um, may have heard a while back uh, posted here. Um, it's a project called that I'm calling Phantom of the Future. Resume recording. And it really came out of a project that the climate slash environmental group that I work with is uh, doing this year called the 2030 Archive that was sort of inspired by all the campaigns to try to build back better um, post-COVID to try to sort of you know, when we think about building back from COVID to build in greater social and environmental justice. And so, um, yeah, we developed this project called the 2030 Archive that really invites people to create art that imagines what that might look like. And particularly, it's sort of a a technique that comes out of speculative fiction called backcasting to sort of Um, imagine, say, 10 years down the road, hence the name the 2030 Archive, and, you know, imagine that we've done that. Imagine that we have built back better. Imagine that we have sort of made that definitive turn toward social and environmental justice. What would that look like? like? What would your local, excuse me, what would your local town, city, neighborhood, etc., look like if we've actually done that? And so, excuse me again, as I said, the project invites people to, um, yeah, create art in whatever genre or medium they want to use that kind of attempts to bring forth a concrete vision of what that future might look like. Um, And so, and we've had a lot of absolutely wonderful submissions. We've had poetry, we've had video, we've had TikTok videos. Um, Apparently we're going to have some music. And so I thought, of course, as a member of the group and as a artistically inclined person myself. Of course, I wanted to make a contribution to this project as well. And so I thought, okay, what do I really want to present a vision of, um, you know, what what's the future that I want to see? What's the future that I want to imagine? Resume recording. And so what I came up with was Phantom of the Future, uh, that you all may have seen posted here a few months ago. And, um, yeah, it's basically me beginning to imagine what Phantom might look like produced in a socially and ecologically sustainable way rather than in the kind of cutthroat, corporate, business, for-profit way that it's being produced now. Um, And yeah, I put the first sort of bit of that up a few months ago. 
and then sent the link of that to the 2030 Archive Project. Um, but I bring it up here because what I posted a few months ago, I felt like was really or could really be only part one of a much longer description of what that might look like or a much longer exploration of what that might look like. So stay tuned for more of those because I think I'm going to kind of make it a sub-series of the podcast. Resume recording. And who knows, I might even give it its own theme music. Now, as with everything else, I have no idea how often I'll post of Phantom of the Future, I guess you could call them mini-sodes. Um, but yeah, that's definitely, as I said, I definitely want to sort of continue that as a sub-series of this podcast. So stay tuned for that, because there hopefully, well, I plan on that there will be more of that in the future. Resume recording. Oh, and I'll also put a link to the to the 2030 archive project that inspired the Phantom of the Future series uh, in the show notes as well, just in case any of you out there are interested in checking it out and possibly submitting to it as well. And please do, please do check it out and please think about submitting to it as well because that would be awesome. It's it's a really inspiring and, and and check out the art that we've got there that we've got there already it's really fantastic and really inspiring and you know i and the whole group of us running it would really love to see it uh, take off and grow so yeah absolutely do check it out and submit if you feel so inspired resume recording so yeah, that is all the stuff I've been up to lately. Um, I hope you all out there find all or at least some of that stuff interesting, and I hope you will check it out. And of course, I really hope folks will come to the zine launch on the 10th. Um, as I said, I'll put the Eventbrite link in the show notes and you can check it out there. Um, and yeah, I really do hope uh, folks will... Uh, check that out and come. That would be awesome. But that all said, of course, I'm really glad to be back here, too. I should have said that at the beginning, but yeah, it's really great to have this podcast finally back up and going as well. And I'm really glad to be um, back here and sharing this, uh, this space with all of you as well. Resume recording. And I will be back again with you all soon, bringing the next episode. Music. Music. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of In This Labyrinth, Justice from the Heart of the Phantom of the Opera, as much as I've enjoyed creating it. And if you'd like to support the show to help cover the cost of stuff like hosting, recording equipment, occasional 
technical assistance, etc., you can do that at www.patreon.com. Next, but repeat LCD mute but 100% volume slider. P H A N T O M F E M M E. There are various levels of support that you can pledge at there with different thank you rewards at each level, starting right down at $1 a month to try to keep things as accessible as possible. Plus, pledging on my Patreon gives you access to some of the other work I do around Phantom besides this podcast as well. You can also support the show, of course, by liking, following, and sharing on social media, and by rating and reviewing on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever platform you listen on. And all that helps every bit as much as financial support, because it helps boost the show and makes it easier for new listeners to find it. And, last but definitely not least, you can, of course, contact me in the show. And I always love hearing from listeners. So you can tweet to at ITL Podcast. You can post or comment either on the Facebook page or in the Facebook group, both of which you can find by searching for the title of the show. You can also post a comment on the podcast website itself, which is at https colon slash slash in this labyrinth.fireside.fm slash. And finally, you can of course send an old fashioned email to in this labyrinth at yahoo.com. And thanks very much for your feedback and support in whatever form, because it all really helps keep the show high quality and is all really greatly appreciated. So with that, I hope you'll join me again next episode. And in the meantime, please stay safe and please help keep everyone around you safe too. Wear your masks, wash your hands frequently, and practice social distancing. Because it literally saves lives. And beyond that, just have a great and phantom-filled time till next episode. Disclaimer, the opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters and do not reflect the views of the host, Andrew Lloyd Webber, Cameron McIntosh, the Really Useful Group, or any other person or entity. In addition, this podcast is not in any way affiliated with Andrew Lloyd Webber, the Really Useful Group, Cameron McIntosh, or with any other person or entity involved in the production of any version of Phantom. Copy. Stop. Zoom. Zoom. Out.